0: we daydream about 50% of our waking hours and daydreaming in the sense of running future scenarios. It's part of our brain right here called the prefrontal lobe. It's a future simulator. So like, uh, I'll give you an example. Let's pretend that Ben and Jerry's came out with a new ice cream. It's called liver and onions. Okay. (laughs) Would you want it? No, no. Right. So how do you know you don't want it? Well, prefrontal lobe goes out into the future, puts those ingredients together based on past experiences and gives you a taste of it in a, just in a split second to tell you not something I want to do. I don't like it, doesn't feel good, whatever, something I want. So your brain is constantly running out to the future and building scenarios to do that. Now, as an entrepreneur, you're probably exponentially further at that. Like somebody who's really good at jujitsu, you know, might be 300 moves in front of you, or a chess player is going to be three, four, f- a thousand moves in front of you. That's why you can't beat them, right? Good entrepreneur doing in real estate. The more you do it, the more moves and counter moves you start learning. That's all prefrontal lobe stuff. And so mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, you versus somebody who has no experience versus you. You know more counters to the counters to the counters than somebody else does. You have all more detail that the brain is seeing. So fifty percent of our day waking hours we're doing that. And so there's two times we stop daydreaming. One is somebody holds a gun to your head, life and death situation. You're not daydreaming. You're present. Okay. Second is when someone tells you a story. And the reason you stop daydreaming is because the storyteller is storytelling is daydreaming for you. Mm. So then we go, okay. So what's the purpose of daydreaming? It's to construct narratives. Why do we need narratives to build memory and to construct reality? So if you're telling a story, I am handing you the keys to the narrative of my brain, because I don't know the difference between your story and mine. And you can install narratives of love, hate, faith, racism, whatever you want. I mean, look at what's happening right now in Israel and Hamas. Mm -hmm. There is a race to the narrative of what it is. Terrorist organization. No, they're not. Right. We want this. They want that. They're horror this. There's a, it is a race. It's no, nothing different that's happened in politics. And so when we look at that element of how stories, and I tell people they, where they go, what do you mean? You don't know. They don't know the difference. I'm like, yeah. Have you ever cried during a movie? Right. We've all yep, cried during yep. a movie. And I tell people, I said, I, I hate to break it to you, but those are actors, <laughs> right? And they're yeah. like, and they laugh. I go, but your brain doesn't know the difference in the moment because all our sensory, uh, all our sensory somatosensory uh, system takes over. And we're the ones that won the championship. We're the ones that lost there, They're the ones that cheated on us, whatever it was. Yeah. My wife reads a book and there's some jerk of a Husband, in there, you're, you're getting. It. I'm getting in trouble. Right? Yeah. She slams a book. And like Pff. I'm like I'm not in the book. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's the brain has a really powerful way of telling story. And so when we tell people, you know, the power of telling a story isn't about just you, you, if you cry, so what, but your audience is following you and what's going on. But the purpose of the story, this is where influence comes into play. Because story is an influence. Story is the Trojan horse. Mm. Story is what lowers the guard. So that we can come inside influence is what's released. Like you wouldn't, would you plant a seed in cement? You wouldn't you'd till the soil first. That's what storytelling does. And so what most people will tell a story and then they stop. I watch your your talks, I watch all the good speakers. You follow the methodology I teach intuitively because you've learned it, which is you tell the story, which is called a frame, you deliver the message, and at the end you end it with. The reason I share that with you is this. And that's where influence happens because the guard is down. The story opens me up. I'm open to it. I hear the message. Wow. I got the message. I'm hearing it. Oh, and I do this with it. Bam. And I'm in frame message tied down. That's what we call it.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. It's interesting because I, I look at this so many different ways and I'm trying to think of the, where I want to start because there's a lot of different paths that can For sure. deviate from this. So I'm going to try and keep it on the same thing. Um, one is that I learned that, yes, most people need like the storytelling to like fully engage and be receptive to what you're going to say. Right. Because I'm not one of those people like you could tell me you could be like, Ryan, do X, Y, Z. And I'd be like, all right, let's do it. Like, as long as I already had the preconceived notion that I believed you and trusted Which you. Which is the story, by the way. Right. It already it happened. It just comes pre- in a different way for you. Yeah.
0: And you, and I agree with you, you can't take a driver personality, be like, all right, so Renee, are we on track or off track for budget?
1: Well, I remember when I was a kid, no, 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 (laughs) Renee, I need to know if we're on track or off track. Well, but even like, uh, you know, if I, if like an influencer, right, you already would know their story. They've already achieved their credibility. Right. Yep. But then there are still people who, um, they need to hear this amazing story to get the transformation. Right. And I'm like, dude, I just need the tactical skills. Mm -hmm. That I need, because I'm, I guess I'm more logically based. Well, you need it from someone you trust. Exactly. Which is the
0: story. Right. So we have to reframe story. Sometimes story is. Story credibility. Yeah. So something, because it's a narrative. At the end of the day, it's all a narrative, right? Yeah. And so the narrative is, I trust you. Yeah. I saw you do this. I saw you do this. You're credible. You did this, right? So why do we write books? Credibility, right? So Wall Street Journal, that's a credibility hit, right? And so that helps build the narrative of where I can get, like, it gives us leverage and compression. Those are the two sort of secret outcomes of influence. Getting on stage gives you two things, leverage and compression. One, you say less, you could achieve more. You're the one on stage. They're looking up to you. That's why Mick Jagger could get any woman he wanted. He was ugly as hell, <laughs> but people had to physically look up. That changes the chemistry in the brain. He's got pre-selection and he's the center of attention, which value goes up and people love that, right? So there's the value of being on stage. So that gives you leverage, but then it compresses time. Right? Instead of a hundred one-on-one meetings, I get one meeting with a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand. Right? That's the beauty of social media and YouTube. Is I could compress my time if done well, but I have to capture their attention first. And so, like in those areas, we you you like I, I tell people all the time. I said sometimes the frame is only one word. Like if you were to say like ask me, hey Renee, can you come to the party? Like ask me that question.
1: Hey Renee, can you come to the party?
0: No. Now that leaves room and it forces your brain to go back and fill a frame in if the brain has, cause the way it constructs reality of what I just said is through the frame. And so if I don't say anything, your brain's gonna go, God, what a jerk, or I was dry. Yeah. But if I give you one word, sometimes is enough for a frame. You say, hey, can you come to the party? I say, unfortunately, no. And so now the word unfortunately frames up the entire intent of the meeting. Yeah. So d- people confuse that it's always storytelling. No, storytelling is a means by which we achieve this. And so they say, how much story? is the answer to everything as much as necessary, but as little as possible. Mm. And that takes practice to really understand how much is necessary and when do I stop? Because there's a difference between somebody who's a really good storyteller and someone who loves to tell stories. And just talk. Yeah. And the difference is one thing. They both tell stories. They both do anything. But at the end, they use a story to deliver me value. This one just used a story to talk and waste my time. Yeah.